so it was. We were given an opportunity. We grabbed that opportunity and ran with it. While each of us ran individually, we did not run that race alone. We couldn't have. Now, each of us may take to the course individually, and each of us may give his or her utmost in the race, but I've discovered something. Wisely, we don't ever take to the course alone. But wait a minute, you might say. Seven of us ran that race. When we achieved the victory, only seven of us climbed onto the medal stand. Only seven of us were decorated. Seven of us got the accolades. So hold your horses right there, you might say. Isn't something missing in this equation? And what is the achievement, by the way? Why these medals and trophies? To what purpose is a race, you might ask? Well, I can only tell you my answer, because I don't know what Usain Bolt would say, but you betcha I'm going to share my little discovery. Now about that seven-man team, as you know, the scores of the top five runners on a cross-country team count toward the team's total, and in the case of a tie, the sixth runner scores the breaker. Yet seven runners run the race, and each of our teams has an eighth man. And you might also recall Nate saying this. We had so many parents involved. They'd go out there and they'd cook us meals for an entire week, like take off work, like how cool is that? And I think that kind of culture led to us having such an established program. We are, I mean, even before like I started running as successful as I did in the, in the team itself, like coming up, having that be the culture was cool. You knew that you were, you knew that you were already a part of something huge and you didn't have to like ride it yourself. You just had to like prove that you were worth being a part of it. And don't forget, we all have a coach. When we climbed upon the medal stand, we were at once individuals and kings. We were students as well as athletes. We carried the banner of our community, of our city, of our district, of our region up on the stand. Every member was valuable. You might remember this old nursery rhyme, which goes like this. For want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For want of a horse, the rider was lost. For want of a rider, the battle was lost. For want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. <laughs> The lesson here is clear. Every part is vital. Every person on the best of teams is important.
My name is Adizel Perez. Hello and welcome to The Journey, your radio show, hosted by Neville D'Angelo, author of A Soundbite Life and Flight of the Fused Monkey, a PRG Emerging Technologies Forum keynote speaker and founder of Rio Sports. I am Joseph Ellison. Enjoy! Fifty years ago, President John F. Kennedy spoke of a vital need. He was prepared to repeat it when a brutal bullet struck him down. The problems of the world, he said, cannot possibly be solved by skeptics or cynics whose horizons are limited by the obvious realities. We need men who can dream of things that never were. We need men who can dream of things that never were and ask, why not? My name is Neville D'Angelo. Welcome. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky questions. And we play a few games and track the remarkable characters of three classic books, A Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkeys, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again, all of which can be found on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You've probably heard of or seen The Magnificent Seven. It is an old western, probably of your grandparents' vintage, directed by John Sturgis. It is an unforgettable tale of courage and hope, featuring Yul Brynner, Steve McQueen, Charles Bronson, James Coburn, Robert Vaughn, Brad Dexter, and Hurst Buckholz. They would become The Magnificent Seven, a little Mexican village was being repeatedly raided, harassed, bullied into submission, and robbed of its hard-earned meager provisions by a gang of bandits. One of the exasperated village leaders hired these seven unique men, each arriving, of course, with his own private goal and intention, to rid the village of its vicious menace, that greedy, mean, and heartless band of thieves. The movie is a Western-style remake based on an evocative Japanese epic called Seven Samurai, featuring legendary actors Toshiro Mifune and Takishi Shimura. Amidst its unending dramatic action, this original version wrestles with a number of deep philosophical questions, more stylized in the Western version, two of which are apropos to this episode of our series, and are definitely deep questions facing our times. One is that tension, that tug-of-war some of us have between individuality and community, between personal necessity and communal requirement, between that rugged individualism fancied in an expansive wild, and that pressed together connectedness obligated on a rocky boat 
between isolation and suffocation. The other is that tussle between inclusion and exclusion, between enslavement and abandonment, between those fighting to get in and those struggling to get out. So what shall a young one do when caught in this tug, in this split, in this in-between, on the other side of the fence, as it were? Well, the least we can do is explore that day seven boys became men. Part 5. The Eighth Man. Let's meet the king's eighth man, Thomas Toes Saldania. Thomas Toe Saldana attended Richard King High School and was a senior in 2005. He, like many of the guys on the team, had jokes for days but was a tough competitor and could flip the on switch when it came time to run. He offers an idea how his running career began. Uh, my, my story is a little bit more embarrassing than most. I, was, uh, I started running for a girl. Um, Not embarrassing at all. Running for or from? It was four at first, and then went to from. Um, probably about a month after high school started. This was freshman year. Um, we broke up, and I kept running. So that's where that story kind of ends, and running actual love for the sport kicked in. Toes, as part of King's group of talented runners, may not have been the fastest or strongest physically, but he never hesitated to put his nose to the grindstone when it came time. He offers a glimpse into how he responded being the eighth man. Yeah, well, Corpus wasn't really a, a very strong running community when we were around. Um, that being said, I was the eighth man on our team, but any other school in the district, I would have been the number one. Um, but I wouldn't have had it any other way. Uh, for me, it was, it was kind of bittersweet. It was cool um, being on such a competitive, such a high competitive team. But at the same time, um, it was a little hard to sit or be on the sidelines of a team that was doing so great and not be able to take any, uh, any or much of the uh, accomplishment for myself. Toes definitely undermines his own efforts. He was an integral part of the team dynamic. As a group, we always pushed each other to bring out our best, and this wasn't lost on him. He gives us great insight on both the team's challenge and his own biggest challenge. Well, I'll start with our biggest challenge. Our biggest challenge was um, just trying to um, put ourselves in a position where um, where we're just, um, I don't know, at, at, at such a competitive level that we ended up being uh, starting out freshman year. We, were, we started out from the get-go as, as number one in the district, but once we got anywhere beyond that, um, our names are kind of lost in the midst of everybody else. Um, getting out there and and being recognized across the state was something that I guess we we accomplished over the years. Um, personally, um, you know, kind of taking a back seat sometimes. Um, ben mentioned uh, Matt Musquez, who came in and kind of stole my seventh position, and and you know, 
you know, letting that go and just accepting that that was what the team needed was, was part of me being who I was. The King team was an extremely close-knit group, and it even showed away from our practices and races. I asked Toes if he thought such a dynamic was essential to our success. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, the, the end of the school bell rang, and, you know, five minutes later, everybody was dressed out, ready to go for running. It was just everyday situation. Uh, most people weren't even done locking up their books in their, in their locker, and we were ready to go. Um, for us, it was where we wanted to be, not where we had to be. Um, even on the weekends, we still somehow find a way to hang out with each other. We'd, we'd meet together for Sundays and go for Sunday runs, or, or over the breaks, we would hang out and you know, do stupid things that everyone else was doing them, themselves, but we were doing it as a group. We had a few King Mustangs that were older than Thomas in my graduating class, and I asked him about two specifically. Uh, Pip and Richard were were about what two three years older than us um they were they were juniors to our freshman year um and they 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 definitely helped lighten the mood they were, their their position on our team i think more than running wise was just to uh to create the environment that it, it was definitely supposed to be fun too uh richard richard uh Richard was a very strange individual. Still is. Still is, yeah. Um, and he's he's hard to explain in a single sentence. But um, his, his humor and his his livelihood, you know, brought a lot of, or let go of a lot of tension or or you know, um, let go of a lot of the uh, the tension that was built up for for running or, or training throughout the week. Toes continues on with his takeaways from Coach Castillo. Coach was, um, you know, he was like a second father. Uh, it wasn't just about coaching to him, but it was about you know teaching us life lessons along the way. Um, and with that said, it was also about the discipline, I guess, that comes with being a parent as well. Um, you know, a lot of the things we did, we butted heads with him throughout the four years we were there. Some things that really pissed him off, something that really made him happy or, or, or laugh, but um, there was always um, a sense of, you know, having a parental guidance when our parents went around. Can we go with you, Miss Apple? No. You like this, don't you? I guess so. You're one of us, aren't you? You didn't want to pass on me. Take us with you, please. No. We're ashamed to live here. Our father's a coward. you ever say that again about your father is because they are not cowards. You think I'm brave because I carry a gun? Well, your fathers are much braver because they carry responsibility for you, your brothers, your sisters, and your mothers. And this responsibility is like a big rock that weighs a ton. It bends and it twists them until finally it buries them under the ground. And as nobody says they have to do this, they do it because they love you and because they want to. I have never had this kind of courage. Running a farm, working like a mule every day with no guarantee what ever come of it. This is bravery. That's why I never even started anything like that. That's why I never will. Coach Castillo helped steer the ship and kept us in line. 
Toes explains the dress code that was in place at King the last few years we attended and how we broke, well, bent the rules. This was a, a very tricky one for, for Ben because he loved his jean shorts. Um, shorts had to go a dollar bill length over or on top of your knee, which Ben loved his short shorts. Um, khaki pants, tucked in, tucked in polos, uh, belt, accommodating belt, no facial hair, which was easy for the most of you, but not for me. Um, but, um, you know, it was kind of weird the way... Uh, we we controlled our situation at, at, at in high school, and, and um, we we had to wear school colors as well, right? So greens they weren't all school colors. Greens maroon was not part of our color, really blue, but it was all solid and polo shirts and um. But we we found our way around it. We would create our own T-shirts, put King on it, and and and, and it somehow became acceptable. Yeah, I remember walking around with red and yellow t-shirts and it, it was just speeding speeding gonzalez and yeah all, all colors of the which I, I still wear that shirt to this day and and ben's wearing one of his shirts that we printed out right now so um i i actually uh one of the races we went to was um the great american yeah and uh while we were there we <laughs> we uh were t-shirt swapping with people and somehow when we went back to school we couldn't we um we were able to um convince all the teachers and, and, and the uh, personnel there that uh, it was definitely dress code. To the victor go the spoils, right? The team had great support from our parents, teammates, and friends. I asked Toes to bring some attention to things that may have been overlooked by our peers and community while we attended King. They overlooked our hard work, you know. Um, while everybody was out for the summer doing whatever they do over the summer, we were just starting practice for the next year. Um, that just right there shows our determination and you know how how direct our mindset was um, to most people we were just a bunch of kids running around with no shirts and uh, terrorizing the neighborhood or something we would constantly get calls from you know from different people around the neighborhood about something we did um, nobody ever mentioned the, the, ki the kitten that we saved or or the uh, the dogs we get we returned back to homes but those things definitely happened as well. Uh, I, I feel like people didn't look as a, look to us as, um, as 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 models or model citizens or something like that. But I think even at such a young age, we were we were all very um, humble and definitely um, I don't know suitable to be looked up to. You are on the journey, and it's time for our question of the week. The question of the week is this. Was there ever a spot you had or wanted that was taken? How did you respond? If not, how would you? Was there ever a spot you had or wanted that was taken? How did you respond? If not, how would you? I asked Toes about the state meet, and he goes on to discuss the team's drive back from Round Rock. You know, we all kind of went into that race thinking 
this is it. The night before, we actually had a, a meeting where everybody got together, uh, Sands coach, and uh, and just talked about you know what our goals were for the next day. Um, it was a very calm, calm, collected meeting. So we kind of had a good feeling about going into the race. Afterwards, what's a it was just a, a relief. You know, it was it was like the ending of a movie. Everything for four years had led up to this one particular uh, point in time where everything that we had all worked for just was fell into our lap. Um, so afterwards, you could imagine the uh, the emotions that were going on. It was like a four or five hour bachelor bachelor party on the way back back home. Uh, like you said, there was a lot of costumes. There was a lot of dancing. Coach pretty much. Like turn, <laughs> turn the cheek and uh, and let us do whatever we wanted. Um, and it was, you know, it was a it was a very small bus with a very with a large amount of people and a, even larger personalities. Um, just just filling the time, enjoying the moment. The fun time following our state win was the result of years of hard work. I asked Toes what lessons he took away from our experience. Just the you know the friendship. It, it was um, up until that point in high school, I really didn't have a, I really didn't fit in any situation, and you know we, we actually together didn't really fit with each other, you know per se. But uh, we all had such a such a determined goal that we we made it work, and I think uh, that friendship just lasts. It's gonna last forever because you know that's just one thing that we together overcame. That's something that maybe all of us individually could never have done. And so it was. We were given an opportunity. We grabbed that opportunity and ran with it. While each of us ran individually, we did not run that race alone. We couldn't have. The Magnificent Seven, choosing to be the solution or part of the solution, rather than the problem. Finding that sweet balance between sacrifice and satisfaction. It's a very old movie worth every bit of its time and entertainment and honest reflection. I know, it's just a movie. Life is not a movie. Or is it? See if you two will come away with an assessment that in the midst of all of our greed and hunger, in the wake of all of its carnage, no matter when, no matter where, nature wins and always will. You are on the journey. We all share the same world, and no matter which corner we might drift to, we still have to share this world. And so we are constantly striving for balance between being an individual and being a team member. 
between being the productive citizen and being a valued member of the community. For me, these races are not just about races. It's about embracing the process as much as the moment, our moment of victory. It is about building strength of character, about courage, competence, confidence, compassion. It's about finding my calling. It is the clarity in knowing you can face challenges and conquer them. Yes, it is about these seven C's. It is about learning so much from our failures, so very much. And it is about reveling in our successes. So why do I run? Why do I race? I have to believe even when no one else does. I want to discover what it means to give it my all. I choose to honor those that have gone before me giving it their all. I want to keep trying. For as long as I do, there's always a chance to be extraordinary. These are the reasons I run the race. Oh yes, then there are all those other really nice side benefits that you know about. You can at your leisure see and feel how many of your favorite greats accomplish these. The seven C's, yes, and the five P's. Grab your copy of The Hunk I Dreamed by yours truly, available at the click of a button for your digital devices from Amazon and Barnes & Noble for less than the price of a cup of coffee. The hunk I dreamed. All at your leisure, all for your pleasure. Thank you, Toes, the Eighth Man. And thank you, Ari, my co-host. You'll find us and much more at ryosports.com. That is R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S. Riosports.com. The Journey is available free on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, Rio Sports Radio, and several of your favorite internet platforms. Download, embed, and share via any of the social media you love. Have fun keeping fit and cheer someone along the journey. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. <laughs>